Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want to plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Retire Right with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Good morning, Larry. How are you today? I'm doing terrific, Eric. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I, I hear, just through our discussion earlier, that you've got a lot of construction going on around your area right now. A lot of growth? No, they're just doing some construction where I where I live, So, because uh, I'm recording this from home. So uh, hopefully oh, yeah. we'll get this in before the construction comes back on. <laughs> Give them extra coffee for their coffee break. That'll be good. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, today we're talking about having enough money to retire, right? I mean, that's a big question. That is, that's really one of the major reasons that people come to us is, okay, they're thinking about retirement and maybe now in this pandemic world that we're living in, they're thinking about it a little bit more or maybe changing their quality of life or they were kind of off at an early retirement and they wanna know, do I have enough money to retire or, in traditional retirement, maybe, maybe they can work some, so it's not completely retired. We're getting a lot of clients mm -hmm. like that, that kind of lucky enough that can maybe work a little bit. So, so we're really trying to determine, can, do you have enough money? And it's, it's not so easy to really to, to determine that. And it's really interesting when we go through all the analysis, clients reactions of what they can and cannot do. Yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of time, right? I mean, nobody knows how long they're going to live, and that, I think, is what kind of scares people. Well, that's one of the factors. We'll get into all the factors. Okay. You know, some of the questions that I get from 50- and 60-year-olds that are nearing retirement are, okay, Larry, I just want to make sure I don't run out of money, mm -hmm. or how much can I spend each year so I don't run out of money? but I want to enjoy my, my life. So those are really the two, the two questions. And now we're starting to get some other questions is, well, I'm retiring now in a world that has low interest rates and possibly high stock market valuations. So where do I invest my money in retirement? So I know it will last me. Mm -hmm. And how do I do it with low risk? And that's a big challenge. I'm going to talk more about, about that in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a huge, I never thought about that part of it where, you know, the stock market's high and interest rates are low and that, that really does change things. Uh, it could, it, we're going to, we'll see what happens over the next 30 years compared <laughs> to the last 30, 30 years. Yeah. And each one of these topics we'll, we'll maybe do a separate podcast on, or I've done a separate podcast on, but it's mm -hmm. really interesting. All right. So trying to figure out how much you're spending in retirement, that's got to be, I mean, you kind of know what your monthly bills are, but you, you don't know what the future holds as far as good things and bad things happening. Yeah, a a absolutely. So we kind of say retirement planning, it's, it's not an exact science. There's so many different variables that need to be accounted for and things will change during your life. Mm -hmm. So what are the variables 
that you need to account for. And the first one is what you just mentioned is how much will I, will I spend? So it's interesting when different types of personalities come in or talk to us. And when we ask them the question, we'll get, well, I don't really know. And they'll look at the, the other spouse and the spouse says, well, I don't really know. And they don't even know how much they're spending, but that goes except for the analytical types and without stereotyping them, but the architects or the accountants, they'll have their spreadsheets and they'll know exactly how much they're spending. But mm -hmm. for those that don't, which is most out there, the first thing I really try to do is say, you need to figure that out because the difference when you're calculating retirement plan over possibly 30 years, a difference of a few thousand dollars uh, a month or a year could have an impact on your overall success. So yeah, I know it's a pain to figure out what the budget and we do have a couple of tricks to really go back and figure out how much you're spending. But the more that you know how much you're going to spend, the more accurate the retirement plan is going to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's really, really critical. And there's, there's easy things such as your fixed expenses, you know, how much your mortgage is or your insurance payments are, uh, but there are variable expenses in there. Entertainment restaurants. We do still go to restaurants. Do we, Eric? Uh, yeah, kind of <laughs> in, in our cars, <laughs> in your cars or outside. That's right. So, that's right. uh, although it's getting a little cold here, but people are going back inside a little bit. So what are you doing? What about travel? Uh, again, right now it's maybe low, but what do you want to do going forward? What are those variables? A lot of times we'll look at your retirement plan and someone then will say, well, it's working. Well, what happens if I spend an extra $20,000 on travel for the next 10 years? Mm -hmm. And the great thing about computers is we can plug that, plug that in, see that. Or what about a big ticket? Um, a once in a lifetime trip or with all my family members mm -hmm. or i want to buy the antique car of my life or i want to buy a second home so all those things the more that you can factor in the better off you're going to be when we try to look at the numbers and see if you have enough money to retire yeah there, there are those things that you just don't know and, and maybe you haven't factored for like for instance, if you your wife goes absolutely bananas when your grandchildren are born, and you didn't expect that, and so, Larry, we just welcomed our third grandchild a few weeks ago, and my wife is, I think every grandchild's going to put me back five years retirement wise. So. Yeah, well, but that's a good. Those are those are good things to spend money on, Eric. True, true, Larry. But still, I didn't count on her losing her mind when it came to shopping for them. But uh, yeah, you got to factor that in too. Yeah, factor those factor those in on the on the expenses. So that and that takes a little work and a little time. Um, and then a lot of times we'll say to track those, especially the first year in retirement, because we'll always tell people pre-pandemic that when you're not working, you're going to spend more money because guess mm -hmm. what? You have more leisure time. So most people are going to be want to enjoy that time. So not only do we want to look back on how much you're spending, but look forward. And then what about if you're going to move in the future? How does that change your expenses? Mm -hmm. So those are those are certain things that are that are going to be fact factored in. 
All right. So the expenses are the easy one. So let's go let's go into the second variable, Eric. Well, it's not really a variable, but it's really looking at some of the numbers. So what are your income streams? And there are income streams, what I'm talking about is kind of more fixed income streams, mm -hmm. such as a pension, if you're lucky enough to have a pension. But the most obvious one is your Social Security. So when are you going to take your Social Security? Now, we've done three or four podcasts on that. Maybe we should revisit that down the road. But when are you going to take your Social Security? Um, and that's an income stream. Or am I working? And if I am going to work, what do I think I'm going to make and for how much and for how long? So the first thing or the second thing is once you figure out your expenses, let's figure out what your what your income, what your income is. And then the difference between the income and your expenses is going to be what you're going to have to withdraw from your investment portfolio mm -hmm. during your during your lifetime. And that's the first thing we want to do. We want to figure out your net cash flow. Okay, how much do I need to take from my portfolio? So once we know that is going to be the case, so let's just say you, you go through this and you say, okay, my social security between both spouses is going to be 4,000 a month and I need to live on 10,000 a month. So therefore, I'm gonna have to withdraw 6,000 a month out of my portfolio. Mm. Of course, everyone would like to draw the 6,000 just on interest, but today's environment, that could be very difficult depending upon how much you need to withdraw from your portfolio. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's okay if some of your portfolio goes down in your lifetime. Most people are okay with it, some don't and that impacts how much you want to take out. So what do we do once we figure out the, you know, the, ca the cash flow? Uh, so we know what the number is right there, and then we look at how to create an investment portfolio to determine how much you're going to need to take out. Well, we've had, like I mentioned before, 30 years of falling interest rates. I don't know if you're old enough, Eric, to remember 13 and 14% mortgage rates and CDs. No. Well, at no. least I wasn't purchasing homes at that point. Okay. So that was around mm. in the mm, long time ago. So that was, <laughs> that was around. And you can imagine back then if you're thinking, oh, my God, in 2020, interest rates are going to be less than 1% for a 30-year treasury. You would say, well, that'll never happen. I'll never see that in my lifetime. So we do know that interest rates are, are low. And are they going to stay low? Are they going to rise? And how do you factor that into this kind of mix for the retirement plan? Another factor which is important is inflation. Now we're just a little bit below kind of normal inflation right now. And there's a couple different inflation factors to figure in, but you know, your groceries are going up and things rise with inflation. And do we see some of the monetary policies coming forward, a kick up in inflation in the future? Who knows, but you should factor in inflation and then when we do a retirement plan, it's, we, we actually sec separate your mortgage payment, which is not with inflation, 
to those items that are tied to inflation. So you want to factor in inflation over your, over your lifetime, especially with healthcare costs. So that's another factor that we look at. What happens down the road? Do you, do you allocate some of your investments for future healthcare costs? Do you have a long-term care insurance policy? Because that could be a major factor as, as well. And one of the things that also you mentioned earlier is how long are you going to live? This is still fascinating when I talk to different people. Uh, so most people think they're going to die earlier than they probably will. Uh, we've got a few people that I've talked to that want to plan to age 100. We look at, at planning to age 95. I think there was a study done. Uh, about a couple that are both in the 60s. I don't remember the exact number, but it's a very high percentage that if husband and wife are healthy and in their 60s, that one of them is going to live into their 90s. Mm. So, so we use a life expectancy of nine of 95, but we have had instances. Some clients want us to look at 100, uh, and and what is that going to be? And then where are you going to live? Do you, do you live in the east in new york new jersey where you have higher cost of living plus your taxes are higher versus i think where you live eric it's a little bit lower in taxes in nebraska correct oh yeah 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 quite a bit so 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 where you're going to live is a factor are you going to move or are you going to stay where you are or are you going to move to a higher expensive state for whatever for whatever reason so that's becoming a a factor and if tax rates do go up you may see more people going to florida or washington or texas so it's going to be interesting to factor factor that in mm. uh, and finally a big assumption is what is your investments going to return we talked about interest rates but what about if you're invested in the stock market so how do we determine what interest rate what rate of return that you're going to that you're going to make is going to be enough going forward not just going back but going going forward mm -hmm. so there are all the there are all the factors that go into go into play so the next is okay we have all these factors we've talked about it we've spent time really visualizing your your second act you know i talk about this in my book retire right a lot about visualizing your second second act really knowing what you want to do uh one it helps make it happen but two it also helps in the retirement analysis to really figure out what the numbers are going to be and see how it's how it's going to work yeah I I mean, there's so many calculations that you have to do. I, obviously, this is what you do daily. <laughs> you know, for for a layman, for somebody like me to to try to take all this into account, I think it's overwhelming. It can be. So let's revisit some of the numbers I was talking to you about. I'll give you right. a different example now. So you've gone out, you've done your exercise, you've kind of figured it out what's going to what's going to happen and we tell people of course life is going to change so don't get caught up with well i don't know here i don't know let's try to figure out what your best what your best thinking is now and if it changes we'll look to change your retirement plan so you've gone through your expenses 
you've kind of figured that out you 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 to the best that you can we've looked at your income streams we determined when to take the social security and we've come up with this pot pot of money uh, i think i mentioned before a ten thousand dollar example but here's a here's an example that if you need twelve thousand dollars of it of expenses and your social security is four thousand so you need a withdrawal of eight thousand dollars a month so if you have $3.2 million, if you've been a good saver and you saved a pot of money and you were drawing $8,000 a month, so $96,000 a year, that means your withdrawal rate is 3%. And mm -hmm. that's going to factor in in a little bit when I talk about the 4% role. So what we like to do is really determine what your withdrawal rate is, not what your interest rate is and what you're earning on your money, but what is the rate that you need to withdraw from your portfolio. So once, when you kind of know that rate and you factor in what you think you're gonna be able to get from your investments, of course, like I said before, this is not an exact science, mm -hmm. um, and you factor in your, your inflation, and you've determined this based upon your asset allocation, that and we've done your life expectancy and your estimates for life expectancy and we, we come up with a rate of return that maybe has been done over the last 30 years to see what it is and based upon us we, we sometimes in the beginning of retirement let's just say a 60 40 allocation 60 percent equities 40 percent into bonds and cash that the rate of return might have been six or seven percent, depending upon what time, or sometimes even higher. Uh, we're now illustrating. We, normally, we illustrate five percent. Now, sometimes we're illustrating a rate of return of four percent. Mm -hmm. So we'll factor we'll factor that into the equation, and we'll also factor in what happens if you retire right before there's a big drop. So you can, we can run another kind of example is if you retired in 2007, your retirement plan could look a lot different than if you retired in 2009, mm -hmm. uh, because it was a, obviously a big drop in the stock market on, on that. And, and let's just see what happens along those lines. So when we do all this analysis, we start to get an idea. Okay. Do I have enough money to retire? And the numbers will kind of show us based upon these factors that my portfolio will never run out of cash. Or if it runs out of money at 85, that we need to kind of relook at some of your goals and your objectives. Maybe you need to work longer, maybe need to save some more, maybe you don't want to do that. And so you're willing to cut your expenses and it becomes uh, basically a back and forth between what you want to do and what you're comfortable with during your retirement. Uh, thank God for software and mm -hmm. being able to make these changes. Literally, we do it right on the fly, right when we're together, either now in a Zoom meeting or in a person meeting, right on the computer screen, what we're looking at that to see and to create the plan and to really get to the point where you're comfortable. Because I don't care how much money you have. Once you turn that spigot off, Eric, once you no longer have money coming in, if you start seeing your portfolio going 
down, especially early in retirement, you start to get a little nervous. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you have a plan and you want to make sure that you stick to this plan in re in retirement. And I'll talk about a, a few things that we do to, to stick to that in a few minutes. But you just feel better if you have a plan, knowing how much you can you can take take out. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, more people that we talk about than we talk to think they can't retire and don't realize that they do have enough money. Hmm. Really? Yeah. It, so it, it, people underestimate some of the some of that, and that's what we found in general. So I mentioned the four percent withdrawal rate. So uh, there was a um, someone called Bill Bengen who did a study back in the 90s for 30-year retirement periods based upon a 60-40 allocation to see if you would run out of money. So it doesn't mean that your portfolio won't go down. It's not talking about how much money you're going to earn. But he did a 60-40 allocation of stocks and bonds and looked at that and said, okay, if no matter when you retired, would you run out of money in 30 years? And he started this in 1927. So that included the depression. And what do you think happened, Derek? I have no idea. I mean, those again, those variables would throw me. I hope it came out good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, we, well, we we're not even factoring the variables. We're just saying if you withdrew four percent of your portfolio and you lived on that, mm -hmm. would you run? Would you run out of money? So, so if you had a million dollars and you were drawing forty thousand dollars a year, would that million dollars last you the rest of your life, even if you retired in nineteen twenty seven? It doesn't sound plausible to me, but that okay. But that's just me. Right. So it, it did, no matter when you would, if you invested your money and you kept this allocation of 60 stocks and 40 bonds, you could withdraw 4% of your money and never run out of your money. Even doesn't the mean the million thing. dollars wouldn't have gone down during some of these 30 year time frames, but you would never have run out of money. So huh. of course there's no guarantees, but that's a pretty long time frame. Now, or is it different now if interest rates are so low going forward the next 30 years? I don't think so, but maybe. Remember, that allocation is 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Now, not everyone may be comfortable with putting 60% in stocks and living on the ups and downs and the swings in the stock market, especially the big swings that we see recently. Mm -hmm. So the, if your allocation is different, then your withdrawal rate may need to be different. If you're not comfortable with 60% in stocks, you may not be able to withdraw 4% because that might not have may not have worked. So it's and the point the point I make it's not you're not just living off the interest. We're not talking about getting 4% interest. Mm -hmm. First of all, you need to get more because remember, I, you have to factor in inflation. Yeah. So you need to earn, if it, if inflation is 2%, if you never wanted to touch the principal and withdraw 4%, you needed to earn 6% year in, year out. So we're not really talking about that. We're talking about just the, your principal and not running out of money. 
Now, some people want to leave a big legacy to their children or their grandchildren and don't want their principal to go down. And that's a different strategy. But if we're talking about having enough money to live the rest of your life, the 4% rate is a pretty good withdrawal rate. There's been some studies that could even go as high as 5%. So that's kind of one of the rules of, rules of thumb that we look at. Hmm. But once you factor in all the, other, all the other amounts and all the other variables, that has an impact on what's, how it's going to work for you. Yeah. And, and I think you, you've talked about this on previous podcasts. People spend more money early on in retirement than they do later in retirement. So I, I know that's well, something here's else. Actually, here's actually how we, look, we have talked about it. So early on, it's really like a, a little bit of a bell-shaped or actually a U-shaped. So they do spend um, more money early on because they have more free time mm-hmm. and they're healthy and they're traveling more and they're doing more things and enjoying themselves. And then as life goes on, you slow down possibly in some of those areas. Not everybody. We have 80-year-olds that were still going strong, playing tennis and traveling around the world. Mm. So you don't really know for sure. But for the most part, we see that kind of slowing down. And then what pops back up later in life is um, health course expenses. So you do see kind of a Mm. U-shape higher earlier lower kind of in the middle and then back up higher higher later on Hmm. some of the things you've gone through this retirement plan exercise you're comfortable saying okay i'm i'm good larry we've gone through all these numbers i'm good with what i want to withdraw i'm comfortable that i'm never going to run out of run out of money let's i'm going to retire let's go ahead and I'm going to stop working and I'm going to retire now or a year from now. And you've decided and you've transitioned over to, to retirement. What are some of the things that you can, that you can do? Well, one of the things is Eric, we talked about how much you're going to spend. So how do you know how much you're going to, you're going to spend without going through each one of your expenses and doing a budget constantly? Well, one of the little things, and some of this is psychological, Eric, but when you work and you're making a salary, what happens each, each month from the, from that salary, you, there's taxes taken out and Mm -hmm. what happens to that net amount that you, that you, that you earn? Where does it go? My checking account. It goes into your checking account. So you're receiving a check Mm -hmm. and then you pay your bills from that checking account. Mm -hmm. If you have anything left over you could move it into your savings account. But you know, each month that money is going to, the same amount of money is going to go into your checking account. Mm -hmm. So what we basically say is recreate your paycheck. So if you are taking $8,000 a month, transfer $8,000 a month from your investment portfolio into your checking account. So we do know that sometimes you have big, item tickets that won't you won't have enough money for that month especially if you wanted to plan a big trip and travel Mm -hmm. or paying for a grandchild that's just born Uh so (laughs) for that month you may need to move more over so what happens at the end of 12 months so now what you you, you, we we get together when we look and we see okay you transferred over eight thousand each month there is ninety six thousand 
we knew in the beginning of the year, you write down what your checking balance was. So let's say your checking balance was 15,000. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the year, we look and your checking balance is the same 15,000. So you put in 8,000. So we know you spent all 12 of those 8,000. That's 96,000. Mm -hmm. And twice a year, you needed to put in another $10,000. So another $20,000. So we add up the, those two, which is 40 plus the 96. And lo and behold, we know how much money you spent. You spent $136,000 for the year. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it does two things for you. It, it kind of makes you feel better because you're not physically going in and taking money out of your investments each year. You're not each month and you're not doing a different amount. And you kind of say, okay, this is working. Or at the end of the year, your checking account is too high. Now we may not wait to the end of the year, so but your checking balance is e increasing. Therefore, we know you're spending less money. Mm -hmm. Or after a few months, you're constantly running out of money and you have to put more money in there. Now we know you're not spending, you're, you're spending more than you think and we make an adjustment. So if you make these adjustments, usually after one year, you kind of really know what you're, what you're spending. So that's a, a, gotcha. a, one of the first things that we do the first year that you're in, in retirement. And then of course, life does change. So we do know that things are going to change. You may mm -hmm. say, oh, you know what? I want to stay in my house and Three years later, you're like, you know what? I'm tired of the tired of the snow removals. Mm -hmm. I want to move. I want to move somewhere where I don't have to take care of all this. And guess what? You're gonna have to revise and look at your plan, look at your plan again. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that we're saying in order to be successful is you don't want to just create a plan one time. You want to look at this and at least each year and see if anything has changed, anything changed in your expenses and your life and your health and what your vision and really go, th go through that. Another helpful tip to, to success. Yeah. I, I like the fact that you're building a foundation for them to stand on. And then with those things, those little life changes that come and go, um, it, it doesn't change the foundation of what you've built. It just, you know, adds things or subtracts things. And so you're able to make those adjustments on the fly without it affecting the overall plan. I, I really like that. Absol absolutely. And what we find the people that have done these plans and they're working, they're able to enjoy life and not worry about it. A lot of times they're, they're like, Larry, I don't want to worry about this. That's what we are hired you for. So yeah. uh, you just tell us, we'll give you all the numbers and all the things you tell us how much we can spend and we're going to keep to that. And we're not going to worry about that. And that is for me, so rewarding mm -hmm. when clients are able to put the trust in our firm and, and do that and are able to enjoy th their lives. We basically say in our missions so that's our that's what we want to do we want to help clients and, and live their life with confidence uh, especially in their second their second act their retirement act yeah so one of the other things that we did and we're not going to go into this I, I think i have a few podcasts on this already is our bucket strategy 
So the bucket strategy is just a way of determining how much you should have in cash, how much you should have in fixed income, and how much you should have in, in stocks. Mm -hmm. uh, so therefore, the stock market bucket is always 10-year bucket. So even though you're uh, withdrawing money out of your portfolio right now, and you may see these big swings in the stock market, we always show clients oh, your short-term bucket of cash, your intermediate bucket of fixed income could really last you 10 years. So, so check out our bucket strategy podcast on how that, how that works. So that's another tip is creating a bucket strategy. Yeah. And these podcasts are tremendous resources, Larry. I know you've been doing this for quite some time and I know you have other resources available for people if they want them. How do they get those resources? Yeah, so you can go to our website, hellowealthmanagement.com, and we have a free retirement checklist right there on the on the website that you can download. You can also, if you want to, you can buy my book, uh, Retire Right. Uh, you can just go right into Amazon and type in Larry Heller Retire Right, and it'll pop, pop up and go through a lot of the strategies that we talk about today. Uh, and of course, if you'd like to uh, to speak to me, you can go right on the website and schedule a 20-minute finan financial diagnostic call, or you can even give give us a, give me a call at 631-293-2806. Larry, thank you so much for the time and, and the time that you invest in not only your clients, but the listening audience and, and those that are wanting to find out more. And uh, the, giving those resources out, I appreciate that. You gave me a copy of the book. I love it. And uh, I suggest anybody who wants to really know what's in that brain of yours to go on and get that book. And uh, it, it'll really change the way you think about retirement. So again, Larry, thank you so much for your time today. Ah, thanks, Eric. This is fun as usual. You bet. And thank you for listening and tuning in to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.